You're listening to a podcast brought to you by the Cloud Security Alliance, recorded live at London Olympia as part of InfoSec Europe 2017, presented by Richard Morrell. Recording today at London InfoSec 2017, recording with Nigel Hawthorne from Sky High Networks. Nigel, say hi. Hi. This show is absolutely buzzing. The last two years have seen this show grow out of all proportion. The US stand downstairs. You know, it seems to be that there's more people on the show floor than I've ever seen before. That's right. And more conversations, I think, about different aspects of security, both technology and compliance and regulations. So for a vendor like you who actually has a real product, not vaporware, this is manna from heaven. It's probably the most important show that we do here in Europe, and it's great to stand back afterwards and look at the temperature, look at the sort of questions we've been asking so that we know what our customers will need in the future. GDPR, there's no getting away from it. There is no safety net. There is no ability to hide from this. It's going to affect businesses. It's going to make businesses fighter, uh, sorry, tighter and faster and able to integrate better if they get their act straight. So what's the story? Well, I think we've all read a lot of details about GDPR, a lot of documents that talk about the regulation when it's coming in, and I'm, you'll be pleased to hear, I'm not going to give you that. What I think is happening right now is we're realising with a year to go that actually we need to move to stage two, which is what do we need to implement? How do we make sure our policies, our procedures and our technology are ready to make sure that we comply to GDPR as best we can in May 2018? But the ICO you know, and government as a, in general is trying to make sure that people are briefed and made aware that this is coming. Indeed. And actually, I would promote the ICO's website as a great place to go for information on what you need to do, when you need to do it. And also some good examples of people who've been caught in the past that are uh, pieces of advice that you can use for other people in your organisation if not everybody is concerned about GDPR as perhaps you think they should be. But it's the hidden side of GDPR that people don't realise. This is going to affect reputation if you get it wrong. This is going to, this is going to cause churn. Yeah, well, I'm glad you said that because that's exactly the point that I keep making, which is um, don't necessarily forget about the size of the fines, but the size of the fines could be nothing compared to the reputation loss if you lose your customer data, you have to tell all of your customers. And as we saw with TalkTalk, Talk, in fact, they lost more customers, they had a bigger drop in their stock price um, than the financial impact of the fine itself. I was the journalist that broke the TalkTalk Talk story, and I, I wrote the authoritative piece the Monday after, which actually praised Dido Harding and, and, and took on her PR team for not being very bright. But again, 95,000 customers they lost. 95,000, 15 million loss in revenue. That's huge. Yes, absolutely. And some of those people will never go back. And so I think it's the long tail of the impact of the negative publicity that you need to take into account. This is a brand issue. This is a legal and compliance issue. IT has a role to play, but it shouldn't be driven by IT. It's also going to be a shareholder issue if, you know, the turns into class action suit. Yep, so class action suits, you're absolutely right, is part of it. And I think we're going to see quite a lot of those. Um, so the bad publicity can go on for years while those court cases are uh, underway. 
Cloud brings a new aspect to this. You know, th there is a fuzzy area. I sat down and read um, a 28-page document from Microsoft recently for the uh, the Azure contract that you take of the, the service level agreement. And that 28-page agreement talks about their responsibilities as a data processor. And realistically, after reading it, you might as well have just scrolled with a highlighter. We have no liability whatsoever. People need to be aware, don't they? They do, because, of course, the low-level security, the security of servers, of operating systems, etc., is the responsibility of um, the cloud provider. But actually, all of the really important stuff, the identity, the data, who you're sharing it with, that's still your responsibility. And you are, as the GDPR defines, a data controller. You are responsible for all the data, wherever it might go, whoever you might share it with. You cannot say, oh dear, a third party lost it, it's not my fault. You are on the hook. So talk to me about your technology. Well, the way that it integrates with GDPR really is that we are here to try to give you visibility into which cloud services your users are using, both known cloud services and unknown or shadow IT, then give you a risk profile of those. And actually, we've got a specific attribute, which is the risk relating to GDPR, looking at GDPR specific attributes. And then you can add things like logging, so that you can investigate breaches if they did occur, but also things like encryption, data loss prevention, and other technologies to try to add to the cloud computing systems that you have so that those services are going to be much better at being compliant with GDPR. And data loss prevention is really important because if you think about it, it's telling you what's happening, what not what happened. It's a, it's a pre-triage event. Yes, I think data loss prevention has um, often struggled over the last decade to prove itself, and yet actually, I think, with GDPR and lots of other regulations that are coming along, if you can get your DLP um, policies right to look for personal information, then you can really start to check and see whether somebody is trying to extract lots of personal information from your data systems of record, whether they're in the cloud or somewhere else. Or on your payroll. Uh, yeah, so, um, and that's the scary thing. So often we get to hear about um, known cloud services um, such as Office 365 and Salesforce and Box and so on. And then you ask questions such as, oh, what about your HR system? And you find that HR hasn't necessarily involved IT in the decision making because they feel that they need to keep things confidential from the rest of the organization. So you do actually need to talk to every single department that might be using a cloud service, find out what they're using, why, and what data they might be putting up there and bringing down. Now there are 15 or 16 vendors in this 220,000 square foot auditorium talking GDPR, but you're the only one who has a book. Yeah, so I started this um, a couple of years ago, and the first issue was probably about 30 pages, and it was primarily defining what the regulation is when it's coming. And the idea was to give IT people enough information to be able to talk to governance, risk, and compliance. Now it's on issue three, it's 68 pages, and actually, probably, if you know about GDPR, you can skip the first 25 pages. Mm -hmm. Then it becomes, okay, what's my action guide? Which departments do I need to work with? Who do I need to bring into the discussion? Where is my data? How do I investigate what I've got now? And then how do I put together a plan to make sure I'm safe in the future? Now, a lot of the listeners to this podcast are in America, and they may think, oh, GDPR is a European thing that you know, isn't going to affect me. But many of these US organizations have got European subsidiaries. 
Absolutely. You are um, caught by GDPR if you have any data on any individual that lives in the European Union. And so even if you don't have a European subsidiary, you could be caught um, if someone from uh, Germany comes to your website and enters their contact details on your website. You then have data on a European citizen. You should be treating it with the respect that GDPR demands. Is there any US legislation now or in the future that you're aware of that could you know, enforce this or? Well, um, so the, the interesting thing about the US, I, I think we Europeans sometimes... Um, until we leave. <laughs> Sometimes are uh, uh, critical of the US, but actually there's 50 states with 50 different sets of regulations. Some of them are very strong, um, some of them less so. Um, so I think actually maybe what they need is something like a GDPR, something that looks at this across all of the different states. But you'll see that places like New Mexico have changed their... Uh, regulations recently, New York as well, California has always been ahead with things like uh, data breach notification. So actually, the whole world is realizing data on customers and data on employees is very valuable. It needs to be treated with caution. It needs to be treated well. If it was our data, if it was our children's data, we would expect that. So we need to realize that the data belongs to the individual. And even though we may have it, we only have it on loan. GDPR really, I think, should be embraced, even by technology people who might think that it's a bit of a burden. It should be embraced as the best framework that we have right now for treating data safely, securely, and therefore making sure your organization doesn't fall into the trap of having the bad publicity sometime later if that data were to get lost. And for those customers who are embracing Azure, who are embracing the elastic capability of AWS, you can help them too? Absolutely. We're here to help you find out which shadow cloud services you're using, which sanctioned approved cloud services you're using, and then also your custom apps you may have internally and try to add in the security measures that you need as part of making sure that you're keeping your data safe and secure for your customers, your prospects, and your employees. Great. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me. And if people need to come to the stand, where are you? Uh, we're on stand C80 downstairs, uh, the Sky High booth. It's bright blue. Love to see you there. And the website? And the website is skyhighnetworks.com, where you can download a PDF version of the book. Or if you come to the stand, you can pick up a hard copy. Brilliant. Nigel, thanks very much. Thank you.